We've got to think right about the Spirit of God, and there's a lot of confusion about Him because the devil wants us to be confused. If we ever could understand appropriately what the Bible teaches about the work and the ministry of the Spirit of God, Katie Barr, the spiritual door. Here comes the people of God. This is Living a Legacy, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Crawford Lawrence. What about you? Do you struggle with victory in your spiritual life? Do you know what it means to live under the power of the Holy Spirit, letting Him lead you? Well, there's hope and help right here. Stay with us. Crawford is leading us through a series he's titled Supernatural. And last week we learned who the Holy Spirit is. This week, the works of the Holy Spirit. If you're new to us, Crawford has been in pastoral and organizational Christian ministry for over 50 years. He's currently president of Beyond Our Generation, a mentoring program for those in leadership. He's authored such books as Unshaken, Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow, and Lessons from a Life Coach. Well, today Crawford will explain some of the works of the Holy Spirit, beginning with him being the agent of creation. Our text, Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 6. Let's get started. Here's Crawford Loretz on Living a Legacy. We've entitled the series Supernatural, not because we want to be cute, but because really that is an appropriate emphasis when you talk about the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons why we're doing this series on the work and ministry of the Spirit of God is because I think tragically um, the vast majority of followers of Jesus Christ don't know what it means to have a working close relationship and a yielded relationship to the presence and the power of the Spirit of God in our lives. I think tragically, so many of us, and we're we're the guilty parties, those of us who preach and teach, it is just really really a shame that how many preachers don't even preach on the work and the ministry of the Spirit of God. It's a terrible oversight, but it's the era of the Holy Spirit. This is the time in which the Holy Spirit is dominant in human history and working in, in and through the people of God and impacting the culture. And yet there's so much confusion about the Holy Spirit. Also in our personal lives, you know, uh, so many of us as Christians, we struggle with victory. We kind of like just get by two steps forward, three steps backwards. And uh, we, we don't understand how, how the power of the Spirit of God can be released in our lives to help us to overcome and to grant us victory. I'm not talking about sinless perfection, but I'm talking about what it really means to be driven by the Holy Spirit and experiencing that freedom and that power that he promised to give every last one of us. But we began this six-part series by, by really doing some very necessary groundwork. We've got to think right about the Spirit of God, and because of the Spirit's power, and because of His prominence, and because of the purpose of the Holy Spirit during this moment in history, there's a lot of confusion about Him because the devil wants us to be confused. If we ever, if we ever could understand appropriately what the Bible teaches about the work and the ministry of the Spirit of God, Katie bar the spiritual door. Here comes the people of God. And so I began the first, the first 
message in the series was on who is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? He's not some mega assistant or some force or may the force be with you or somebody that's a secondary agent of God. Now the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God. As we said three things about him, that he is power, meaning that he is God. He has all the attributes of deity and all the attributes of God and therefore he can be worshiped. Number two, we said that he's a partner, meaning that Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to send to you another comforter who shall be with you and shall be in you. He comes alongside of us to empower us to do the work and the will of God. And then said thirdly, that he is a person, as in personality. He has intellect, the ability to think. He has emotion, the ability to feel. He has visceral um, uh, 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 will, the ability to act and to do. And he does what people do. And so in a thumbnail sketch, that is who the Holy Spirit is. Well, today I want to talk about what does the Holy Spirit do? Or what are the works of the Holy Spirit? A little bit of struggle here because in a certain sense, you can say everything that I'm talking about can be put under the grand banner of the works of the Holy Spirit. But I, I want to I be more specific and drill down into the five primary pillar works of the Holy Spirit. Anybody here ever have power of attorney over someone? Yeah, yeah. I had that with my parents as they age. And when you have power of attorney, what does that mean? It means, depending on what documents you sign, but it means basically that you have the authority to act on behalf of another. Maybe another word picture will help us out. It's like an agent. There are sports agents, literary agents, this kind of thing. And an agent, depending upon their agreement, generally speaking, has the authority to act on behalf of their client whether it is to sign contracts, to cut uh, deals, or even to invest money, whatever the agreement might be, that, that, that you have that authority, that agency to act on behalf of another. Follow me closely here because I, I, this, uh, it could sound like I'm, I'm, I'm undoing what I said earlier here. But there is, and, you, and some of you who were here a few weeks ago, I use this 10 cent theological term. There is a doctrine called the procession of the Trinity. What does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit, in terms of the execution of the plan of God in human history, serves, serves as the agent of God the Father and God the Son. That what the Holy Spirit is doing now is serving as an agent. Doesn't mean that he's given up his power. Doesn't mean that he's given up his position. Doesn't mean that he's lesser than. But in terms of the execution, the plan, and the will of God in human history, the Holy Spirit's job is not to work over here, do his own thing, and Jesus is doing his own thing, and God is doing his own thing. There is one plan, there's one purpose, there's one grand emphasis in terms of what God is doing in human history, and it is the role of the Holy Spirit to serve as the agent of God the Father and God the Son in the execution of all things that they want done. So he is the agent. Now, when we look at the works of the Holy Spirit, you can summarize all that the Holy Spirit does in one word. All that the Holy Spirit does can be summarized, all of his works can be summarized in one word. And that is the word life. Life. 
Wherever there is the presence of the Spirit of God, there is supernatural life. Life. Now I'm going to touch on five primary critical works of the Holy Spirit. Again, there, there are more. You can put a, a whole lot of things into that, uh, the filling of the Spirit, the leading. You can put a whole lot of stuff in that. But I'm going to talk about five primary works of the Spirit of God. And you might be surprised that the Spirit of God was associated with some of these works. And all of them has to do with initiating of things. So here are the five works of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent of creation. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is the agent of the incarnation. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit is the agent of regeneration. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit is the agent of transformation. I'm going to explain that when I get there. And then fifthly, the Holy Spirit is the agent of inspiration. All five of those have to do with initiating and the giving of life. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the agent of creation. Now, we don't necessarily think about this. We, 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 when we read the Bible, we skip over a very important verse. And, you know, we, we talk about obviously God is the architect uh, and the prime mover behind creation. But the Holy Spirit is the one that gives life to creation. He gives life to creation. In Psalm 104, verse 30, there's this incredible verse. It says, when you send forth you, meaning God, the context here, he's talking about the creation of, the, of, 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 of these creatures and, and the world. And he says, when you, meaning God, send forth your spirit, procession of the spirit, the agency of the spirit. When you send forth your spirit, they, creatures, are created and you renew the face of the ground. The Holy Spirit really executes creation. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, in Hebrew, the expression hover has to do with gently moving. At the very beginning, before God said, let us make, 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 the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, anticipating the command of the Father to create. So creation is a supernatural event. I can get sidetracked here, but this is one of the, one of the reasons why I get a little bit concerned about Christians sometimes in our desire to come across as being uh, not anti-intellectual, and Christianity is not anti-intellectual. We don't want to be looked at as buffoons or people out of touch, so we come up with these theories of creation like uh, uh, theistic evolution or, or these amalgamations of concepts to somehow allow for uh, you know, evolution to take place and say maybe God was, he initiated the process and then stepped back. Well, with all intellectual honesty, I don't see how you can read from a literal historical grammatical perspective the creation account in the book of Genesis and come to that conclusion. I happen to believe that it is literally a six-day, 24-hour creation. You say, well, how is that possible? Because he's the God of the universe. That's how it's possible. And that he created it, a mature earth. He didn't create a baby that evolved into something. It was a mature earth. And the agent of that creation was none other than the Holy Spirit himself. 
The Spirit of God executed the will of the Father and the will of the Son in the creation of the world. And so the work of the Holy Spirit, number one, is that he's the agent of creation. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is the agent of incarnation. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Now, he's the agent of the incarnation. In other words, he's the agent of generating Christ. You say, wait, 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 generating Christ. In other words, the Holy Spirit gave life to our Savior. Now, this is hugely important. In Matthew chapter 1, you remember the account there. In Matthew chapter 1, uh, here Joseph is betrothed uh, to Mary to ma- uh, for marriage. And the betrothal period is, is, was different than our engagement period. The betrothal period was a binding agreement. You are bound to marry that person. And all of a sudden, uh, Joseph finds out, oops, Mary, who probably was a young teenage girl, is pregnant. What in the world is going on? Now, actually, according to the, to, to the law, Mary could have been stoned to death. And Joseph, wanting to make sure she didn't go that way, he was going to put her away secretly and quietly. But then the angel of the Lord shows up. Listen to these words. Listen to these words. This is what the angel of the Lord says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, that Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Now, here you have it. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You say, well, why is that important? The Christian life rises or falls on the virgin birth. You say, come on, Crawford, really? Yes, really. Think with me, if you will, theologically. When Adam and Eve sinned, all of those born afterwards naturally inherited a fallen, sinful nature, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the way the sin nature is passed on from generation to generation is procreation. You see, we are sinners not only because we sin, we're sinners because of our nature. We're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And we can thank Adam and Eve for that because it passed on from one generation to the next. Now, Christ and his deity is eternal. That is true. But the Holy Spirit produced the sinless human nature of Christ. There is no other way his his nature could have been sinless. His human nature could have been sinless apart from being conceived by the Holy Spirit, being conceived by divinity. Apart from that, Jesus would have been imperfect. So when you think of the works of the Holy Spirit, life, creation, he's the author of creation. You think of the works of the Holy Spirit, He's the author of the incarnation, the generation of Christ. But the third work of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is the agent of regeneration. He's the agent of regeneration. What does that mean? It means new life. The Holy Spirit gives spiritual life. Spiritual life. Take a look, if you will, at uh, Titus chapter 3. 
Titus chapter 3, beginning at verse 3, this is, this is poetic. The Apostle Paul is just singing the praises of the work of the Spirit of God. Notice what he says here, beginning at verse 3, talking about our past life. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. He said elsewhere in Ephesians chapter 2 that we were dead, we were lifeless. We were controlled, very much the same thing here. That's who we were, that's, that's, that was our lifestyle. We, we wanted to be better, we wanted there to be hope, we wanted, it, we wanted to be new, but this is how we live. And then the contrast in verse four, but when the goodness and loving kindness of our God and Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, we had none, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's how we became new, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That prepositional phrase, through Jesus Christ our Savior, really hints at the Holy Spirit being the agent of Jesus in our salvation. That we receive new life from him. We were made new creatures. To be regenerate means to give life. The Holy Spirit is the author and cause of the new birth. Uh, that's what the whole issue was in John chapter 3, wasn't it? Oh, Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night, this religious leader. Uh, he kept the law, but he was close. He was intrigued by Jesus. He didn't want to see him during the daytime. His friends to see him going to Jesus uh, and talking to this renegade. So he comes to Jesus at night, and Jesus looks at him and says, Nicodemus, going to cut to the chase, my man. You must be born again. Nicodemus was a religious man. He knew the law. He didn't know all these things. He was a good moral person, probably, like perhaps some of you here know the Bible. You read the Bible. You've been around Christian folks. You don't do too many nasty things. And just as Jesus said to Nicodemus, he says to you, and he says to all of us, but you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, yo, dude, how can I do that? Do I go back in my mother's womb and go through that process again? What are you, what are you talking about born again? And Jesus says, no, that's not what I'm talking about, man. I'm talking about a spiritual birth. And thus he says in verse 6 of John chapter 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now you need a spiritual rebirth. There's a lot of death in you. There's a lot of old stuff in you. And you're not going to get rid of that stuff by, by, by kind of like brokering new habits or new ways of coping with stuff or new information or a new process or, or new friends or a new environment or, or a new worldview. No, no, no. What needs to take place is a spiritual renovation in your heart. You, you, need, you need new life. You need something that's going to change you from the inside. You see, regeneration by the Holy Spirit is the spiritual counterpart to human reproduction. Human reproduction produces human life. Spiritual regeneration produces spiritual life. You see, when we come to Christ, we become a different new person. We just don't acquire new habits. 
I happen to believe that this might be a little bit of a missing element when we preach the gospel. You, when we come to Jesus, it's not about just having a new way of life. It's not about just having new processes or new habits or new things to overcome, new examples. No, 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 no. When we come to Jesus, the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, I uh, like the old, the old King James Version when it says he quickens our mortal bodies. He gives life to our mortal bodies. No, you're not the same person. You are a different person when you come to Jesus. There's not, not, not just renovation. No, we're new creatures when we come to Jesus. And I wish we would celebrate that a lot more. In our desire to identify with people and talk about our backgrounds and to see the impact of our backgrounds and our personalities and the influences that it has on us, and don't get me wrong, it does, but in our desire to identify that, sometimes I think we elevate that too high and we downplay the new life that we have in Christ and the new power that we have to overcome. You don't have to keep doing the same stuff that you used to do. I don't have to keep doing those things. There's more than new habit patterns inside of here. There's a new person. And the Holy Spirit is the author of that new identity. He's the author and the agent of regeneration. Number four, the Holy Spirit is also the agent of transformation. What I mean by that, I don't, I just actually, you can say, well, Crawford, you just talked about that. What, what I mean by that is something a little more. I, I, I'm, I'm referring to the church here. Perhaps I should have used the expression, the Holy Spirit is the agent of inauguration. But inauguration doesn't necessarily say the same thing. Um, by transformation, I'm talking about this new thing called the church. Or, 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 or this new thing called God's resident work in the world. He's the author of that. The Holy Spirit gives life to his church. In Acts chapter two, I'm gonna read this text in a moment, but let me just set it up here for a while. Uh, as you read Acts chapter one, you realize these disciples had been with Jesus and they'd been prepared to follow him. They had seen his post-resurrected body. They had seen him talk about these miracles. They had answered for 40 days. He had answered all the questions that they had and they had touched him and, and they were excited. They were ready to die for him. They were ready to go. But Jesus says before his ascension, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, don't move, don't do anything until you experience the promise of the Father. Remember, I told you that he shall be with you and he's going to be in you. Crawford Lawrence here on Living a Legacy, the five works of the Holy Spirit. Now, we got to four of them today. The Holy Spirit is the agent of creation. He's the agent of the incarnation. He's the agent of regeneration. And Crawford just touched on the fourth one there. The Holy Spirit is the agent of transformation. Well, that was the first part of Crawford's message on the works of the Holy Spirit, and we'll finish it next week. This is all part of the series titled Supernatural, and we're learning a lot about the third person of the Trinity. 
If you're finding it helpful, let us know at livingalegacy.org. We recently heard from Becky, who wrote, As a retired widow, I cannot support all the programs I love, but I do want to tell Crawford that I indeed do highly esteem his ministry that's so needed in our current culture. God bless him and his family greatly, and may he find great reward in the results of his work. Thank you so much, Becky. And how about you? How has God used the teaching on living a legacy to speak to you? Contact us at livingalegacy.org and look for the contact link on the left side of the page, livingalegacy.org. Next week, we'll look at the fifth work of the Holy Spirit. He's an agent of inspiration. For Crawford Loretz, I'm Bill Davis. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.